Hey, Divine Child of the Cosmos, Andy Murphy, hostess of your Cosmic Mama podcast. And today, episode number 53, I'm getting together with Michael Maddie, High Priestess of the Lemurian Lodge. And oh my God, like we need new conversations around the sacred masculine. This is part of what I brought Michael on to do. The conversations about the masculine within, the unity within, rather than always calling it in from the outside. And beyond that, we're also going to talk about his practice of the Lemurian Lodge, where he does human design and pranic healing. But then also, it's Lemuria. So you know what? I didn't expect this. We do a Lemurian activation inside. Um, So you might want to just allow yourself to dive in a little bit more deeply, to check out a little bit more, to receive all of that frequency as it comes through. And pause it there if you need to, because we'll keep talking afterwards and make some notes because the potency of what comes through in this conversation, it's really good. And it's always my hope that you gain something here that makes you better in this world, that makes the world easier to navigate and reminds you of who the fuck you are. So you know what? It's time to be real. Let a joint, light a bowl, light a candle, get something to drink, and allow yourself to step outside of your everyday and into the sacred so with we us. So welcome Just Michael Maddie to Cosmic Mama. Uh, Michael, I've known and loved for uh, ever many lifetimes, and in this lifetime, God, I guess we're at eleven years now. Is that about right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was twenty ten. It's our oh, then it's almost our twelve year anniversary. Yeah, this. this summer. Aren't we cute? Uh, and I, yeah, we'll get into why Michael is here, but we're going to start with some sacred space. So I ask you now to let your mundane slip away. You can come back to it. But give yourself permission, body, mind, and soul, to move into the sacred. Ah, setting an intention that you'll receive from today something that is so beneficial and life-changing and sweet for you now. As we open minds and hearts, To receive not only from Andy and Michael in this space, but from your own highest self, that it begins the conversation for your own healing. Uh, They're also offering today that if there's anything you need to let go of, let that move out through your feet, down your body now. that you may be purer, lighter, sitting in your innocence, where you've never been wrong, where you've never done anything wrong. Mm. Welcome, my loves, to the Cosmic Mama podcast, episode 52. Um, And I love that they want to start here with innocence. Um, So, Michael, we uh, greet you in your innocence. We celebrate you for the ways that you have um, shared yourself and shared that innocence. And I think I would love to start. um, When I saw one of your Instagrams where you said, hi, I'm Michael Maddie, high priestess of the Lemurian Lodge. I probably slipped off my fucking chair. I am so proud of all of that. So uh, would you maybe just talk about uh, your high priestess? the claiming of that, the being of that. Okay. 
Um, it, I feel like I should have some sort of like humongous revelation, but really it was a slow, steady process of mainly working with you in the Egyptian mysteries was a big part of it. Um, but I don't want to say that you informed me because that's, that's not that how question. we work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, I, I think I've said before, you hold the chair, I sit down. Or, you know, and so that's how it used to feel. It feel, now everything is a partnership. Every relationship I have is a partnership. And so that makes sense to me in looking back on any of the readings I've had with you or any of the work that we've done together. It's always been a collaboration, even from the very first day I met you. So at the time, I would not have claimed that power mm. for myself. Um, the idea of being a priestess um, is a big, it's a big question, Andy. Don't I know it? <laughs> um, it has to do with, yeah, it has to do with a lot of things. Um, I think with the world we live in now, the way that gender has evolved, thankfully, um, I identify as a cis male. So in terms of this physical shell, um, I don't identify as transgendered, um, but I do now recognize, especially through my work with human design, that we are a binary consciousness. So there are, it's really, there are two of us being held together and for me, my body's consciousness, um, I call her Pat. <laughs> so oh, she, okay, it's sorry. short for- I just go right to SNL, uh, the Pat. Sorry, I know. And I don't, I, I don't mean, to, it, it came, it's Cleopatra. <gasps> but um, last night in the bathtub, she said, that's good. You're like Pat. Cause she's definitely, she's my other half. So she's like the lesbian version of me. <laughs> That's how it feels. <laughs> That's how it kind of comes across, <laughs> which is kind of a joke because a lot of my friends have called me a lesbian over the years um, <laughs> for I various just, reasons. Uh, mirror back. I did some bathtub mm -hmm. work last night. So last night, depending upon when you guys are listening, uh, last night was the full moon in Pisces 2022. Uh, mm -hmm. New moon. So sorry. New moon in Pisces 2022, yeah. March 2nd. Um, I did bath work last night as well. My masculine self presented himself to me last night in the bathtub. So uh, very interesting uh, places that we're playing in that mm -hmm. are samesies. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in a more universal sense, we all have the masculine and the feminine inside of us. But for me, my journey, how it's been presented to me mm. over the past couple of years is I've done more work on myself and my shadows and things like that is that I've been sort of handed more of the female Carmel. And that was very much how I grew up and what I chose to do and who I chose to spend time with in my family. Even though I was definitely recognized as a male, I always spent all my time with the females. And a lot of the people pleasing, all of those kind of issues. I mean, as a gay man, I think this is probably a pretty common thing too, that we, no, let me not claim it, we, 
for the whole gay male population. But um, for myself, (laughs) um, I've noticed that sometimes uh, gay men can fall into that people pleaser category where we're sort of fulfilling a feminine, almost like a feminine energy in the room, even though no one was really recognizing it, especially when I was growing up. Um, within my family. So there's like a reclaiming of owning that feminine part of myself, but also what I've noticed, and um, I would love uh, any pings that come off of you, but when I tap into like Remington, for instance, I think is a great example as someone who's most of us, you know, are familiar with, he's a, he's a, he's very, he does male magic. So it feels very, you know, like the Kabbalah and uh, alchemy and some of these more, um, those feel more masculine to me. Um, That's not how I connect to magic. I connect through the void and through taking a bath. And so it's more feminine. So for me to claim any kind of priestess felt right. Um. I think it's really sexy and I think it's really provocative, which is uh, intentionally why I started with that question, because I think it is that. Um, It felt very dangerous. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. So it was Uh, really interesting when you say you the first time you heard it, because I know the first time you heard it was the first time I did it. (laughs) Was it? Oh, I'm so glad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I it was very I thought about it and it was very intentional and I practice saying it and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you and a few other people gave me kind of a fuck yeah. And I was like, okay, this is okay. Because it felt like, because I'm not claiming, when I was young, I used to get jealous of like women's circles. Because to me, I spent all my time with women. And so for me, that felt like, home I was like oh you're not letting me go to my home and then I I don't have a female body and I don't I don't want one in this lifetime and so are you sure because boobs are awesome (laughs) boobs are so good (laughs) I guess it like having boobs would be okay maybe I don't they don't do anything for me outside of myself (laughs) oh yeah no I know (laughs) I was watching um yellow jackets on showtime and there's a there's just a little bit in there where um somebody says oh you're gay and one of the characters is like how do you know i'm gay and she's like you never look at my boobs and i was like that's it yep that's it it's always been me (laughs) it's always how you Um, can tell i want to break some of this down because we're hitting so many things that uh we want to do today and i think part of what triggered me in Uh, So Michael and I are close in a personal relationship as well. Uh, You telling me about being kind of held as the sacred masculine when you participate in groups. Mm. Somehow that irritated me. It did. I remember. And I, um, so I would love to unpack that a little bit. Not that I disagree with you being the sacred masculine, not that I am challenged by you being the token masculine in a lot of female spaces, but I think... It was externalized in a way instead of it being internalized for others. So can we talk about that? Sure. So what was interesting when I when I brought it up with you, because I, I saw it like hit you. I saw it hit you. 
And I was like, right. oh, interesting. Okay. Because uh, little, uh, my own work over here, totally apologize for that. It's my shit. Because for me, all I was doing, I'm, I'm a mirror for a lot of people. And that's um, in human design. I have an, I have a very open G center, which means the things that I think of as me are really like not set in stone. And so when other people who do have a strong sense of themselves, when I come in contact with them, I tend to just mirror back their stuff. And so uh, when that came up, that I hadn't actually realized that that's what was going on. And then I saw your reaction and I was like, oh, okay. Um, because I wasn't, I wasn't taking that on in those spaces. It. It's more like I was in those spaces just doing what I do, which is just speak about my truth and what I've been thinking about. And then they would put it on me and say like, mm. oh, you know, you're here. And we, you know, we think of you as this divine masculine and things like that. Which and you I'm are. Like, so like my okay. reaction wasn't to dismiss it in any way. Oh, sure. I think it was really um, them putting it on you outside of self, because to me at this moment, um, mm -hmm the masculine within is the only that like, that's where divine masculine is. It's not, I'm not looking for it out there. I'm not waiting for it from out there. It's uh, inner work at this moment. Well, and there's a lot of discussion about twin flame and I've been kind of asked to talk about that. That was, I think actually what I was doing when um, we spoke. So there's a group that I've participated in a few times now. Uh, it's just, it's, I say it's a group. It's, it's just a get together. And it's about twin flames, which is not something that I'm a particular, I don't have investment in that thought framework or whatever you want to think of it as. But I think of the twin flame journey as an externalization of what we're supposed to do with ourselves. And so that's kind of where that discussion even went that night is um, mm -hmm. that the this twin flame and, mer and not even emerging because duality is needed in this body, we need it. And that's why in human design, this binary consciousness thing has been like, that's where I'm, that's where I'm, that's what's seeping in right now for me, but it's relevant because especially for me where I'm, I'm sort of recognizing that one of my consciousnesses is female and one of them is male. So, I mean, that, that's a convenient way to think about this polarity for myself. Well, and let's also um, define the polarities uh, because we've been playing with this uh, sure. together as well. The masculine feminine division, the yin versus the yang. Uh, Seth mm. Lyon dropped in the one that we're all kind of juicy about right now too, which is the electric versus the magnetic. Yes. Um, so that one's been very helpful for me. But would you talk about what binary consciousness means? Yeah. So anyone who's familiar with human design, you'll see that there's a red side and a black side. And it'll be talked about as conscious, which is like for you is your cancer stellium, Andy Murphy. When you have thoughts, it's who you're talking to in your head. And then there's the red side, which is the unconscious in human design. But I've started unpacking it because I, I'm doing more astrology for people. And so as I'm doing their human design, I'm like, okay. And I'm looking at all your black planets and I'm pulling out stuff. Da, da, da. And then something I realized, like there's a whole chart over here too. A, a whole separate natal chart for your unconscious side. And then it got me thinking like, oh, it's like that documentary that, you know, about the, that you have a brain in your gut. 
right? There's all the neurons in your gut. Like I remember I watched something two years ago and I'm like, oh, okay. So like, that's what it is. It's this, this other consciousness is your body. Mm. And instead of us being taught how to listen to that consciousness and that in our body, we are taught that we can just think everything out. But there's something in human design, there's, in a, there's a thought experiment about this. And so the, um, there's a third thing, which is the magnetic monopole, and that's what holds us together. So you have, first of all, the personality and the design consciousness are 88 degrees apart, astrologically speaking. That's not harmonious. 90 degrees is a square. Yeah. So it's not harmonious. Edge, so, right. so each of us is sort of two. This, like this two, these two things that don't get along and repel each other a little bit, but they're held together. And that's what makes us what we are. It's complicated, right? So in human design, the thought experiment is that your body's consciousness is a car. Your magnetic monopole, the thing that holds everything together is the driver. So it's like you on your path, like not resisting is very easy mm-hmm. because you are the passenger in the car. So all you have to do is like, look out the window yep. and say Take like, oh, it's raining today. And then say, hey, driver, it's raining. And then like the car will make, help, you know, will make adjustments or something. You know what I mean? So it's really like the driver in the car are doing everything. And all we're supposed to do is observe and offer information to help things move along. Um, but obviously that's difficult yeah, do to that? do, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is why they say it takes seven years to integrate human design into your life. Whoa. Yeah. Cause that's um, how long it takes your body to catch up, to make all new cells. Right. And I will say the 88 degrees thing, I recently learned what that is. And it's because Mercury takes 88 days to go around the sun. So it's not random. Interesting. Um, yeah. And we just got into the minutia of human design. I'm going to yes. back us way the heck out. Yes, uh, please do. Would I, you I can ex- do that. Um, and it's okay. We haven't, I don't think I've ever had a guest who's done, we haven't talked about human design here. We had P the fairy on, but mm-hmm. I really wanted to talk more about her process of creation and what she does. Yeah. So would you tell us what human design is, Michael? Oh, sure. Uh, the official definition is that it's the science of differentiation. And by that, it means it's exactly what we were talking about on our live, Andy, which is that if each of us stopped doing what we thought we were supposed to do, and we did what we are uniquely programmed to do, then everything would be easy and everything would be in harmony. And that's how it's supposed to be. But because we're all trained to think with our thinkers, Hmm. Um, we have this tendency to go astray Um, and that's part of the journey too it's part of the journey Um, I will say for anyone who does not know human design um, it is astrology turned to 11 is just kind of like my understanding of it astrology is very helpful when you get into human design it is so detailed in why you are the way that you are that it's kind of irritating at times with how detailed it is. And you're like, oh shit. Um, it takes a lot of concepts of free will out and you're like, 
Well, that explains everything. Uh, so my, that I think I started doing human design. It must have been 2013, 2014, and it's only been for self. I've never studied it enough to bring it in. Um, but that understanding of human design gave me so much grace for myself mm-hmm. and for others because the uniqueness of every being is so extraordinary and so fucking beautiful. And when you look at a design chart, like um, as you were telling me with somebody's chart you were looking at the other day, you're like, Yep, never seen that before. Uh, the beauty of it. And I'll see if I can share this with you guys. Ooh, 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 there's my ooh. human design chart that was done by Queen Ashleen. Uh, you can order them for yourself because she does a beautiful job. Uh, it sits here on my desk all the time because it helps me remember me. Because I am very porous at times and I do take in information and then I've got to kind of like wash it through every fucking energy center and then come back to like, the innocence of me yeah because i'm i'm open on the top so i don't have those uh i don't have that thought thing but i was trained that i did so for most of my younger life i was an overthinker and i was constantly trying to make the right choice Hmm. and so i was setting myself up for failure Uh, Let's talk about that because you brought up the male magic earlier. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also want to make sure that we get back to the twin flame concept because I'm sure people heard that. And you know, it's such a a flashpoint, as someone would say recently, as opposed to trigger. For it, yeah. Um, But while we're (laughs) in this energy, so the male magics, I do not practice them. I do not know them. My path is through the mystery. My path is through the womb. That is, uh, as priestess, how I live and serve. It's through the mystery. The male magic, because they don't have access, mm, let me be careful, because I don't know it. But what I want to say is male magic has a structure to it. It has a teaching to it. It has books. It has rituals. It's an outer path in that way. Does that make sense? Is that fair, Michael? That's kind of, that feels right. Yeah, it seems to be this thing that you access through mental in order to maybe get to the spiritual. Um, feminine ways of magic, magics, sex magics, womb work. It's a path of knowing that then expands into the container and creates the structure. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, Um, and not to go back to human design again, but I'm a generator. So I found out that was my big reveal when I got my first reading done is that I'm a sacral being. And so as a gay man brought up in a Catholic household who kind of had been, I used to say I, I put my own chastity belt on when I was trying to unpack this later in life. Um, so I had really, lo- and if you just think about what a chastity belt is, it's literally chaining up your sacral. And so it, that's what the journey has really been about. And that's how human design has helped me kind of get to this mm. priestess place is it's, it started this whole just because I'm a man doesn't mean I don't have a womb to access in the spiritual or in the energetic. I definitely do not have a womb physically. So physiologically, where the womb would be in a female body, what does the masculine have? We have a prostate. Prostate is there. The uterus and the prostate are like the same. Okay, beautiful. Um, I've been working with more men in the office uh, and with one recently I saw and I'll share this here because uh, it blew my mind and I was like, remember that. Uh, so hopefully this will benefit you guys too. Our capacity to hold space for teaching and for healing comes through the capacity of the womb. 
And I could see in his womb, once we got it activated, we did the Egyptian chakra activation, the Shankas, because that's what I love. But once we got that online, poof, this energy of like uh, this client, he wants to lead tens of thousands of people in his work. Cool. The capacity to do that is within the womb. Huh. Um, and it makes sense in my body when I drop it in that that's where we are able to hold. That's where we are able to show up. And it's kind of um, the sense that I had on it was this is how I can carry. I'll invite them into my sacred space for a little bit. This is the place that I can hold. And this is the container of. And for me, it comes from womb. Got to take it out claim it back to myself when I'm done. Um, and as a woman, we also have the benefit of uh, menstruation that takes care of this once a month of like, let's shed everything, let's start over, which I am still in a great love affair with uh, that thing. Um, so you guys have a prostate. Yeah, we have a prostate. So do you have to create an etheric womb or was it already there? Oh no, it was there. Mm. I was just, I just didn't, I was in denial that it was there. Let me put it that way. That's kind of how it came across. That's how a lot of things in my life have man have like presented themselves is like there was resistance for me. And then as soon as I just let that resistance go, it's there. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Maybe it wasn't there the whole time. <laughs> and I had to do whatever work I needed to do to have access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've watched really you do some that. really, um, personally, some profound womb work um, in mm. reclamation and in your own spiritual humaning path uh, that I think, yeah, I, I, I feel blessed to love you and witness you because I'm like, mm. oh my God, there's so uh, concepts and uh, things that I would never get into on my own that whenever you get there, I'm like, oh, fuck, that makes so, so much sense. Mm -hmm. I just uh, follow the breadcrumbs <laughs> in, that are inside, usually. They're all the inner path. Yeah. Uh, I'm rereading womb awakening. Uh, and it is that like the path, the deepest mysteries is through the womb space. It's through well, the unseen. There's a portal to the void or the infinite within the sacral, right? Isn't there though? So there's Ooh. abundance, but it's even beyond abundance. It's infinite. It's be um, Marilyn, who we will hope to get on the podcast here soon. Marilyn has been using the words recently of currency instead of money which makes a whole lot of sense to me as water of like, we want to call in the currency. We don't want to call in the money because those financial systems are shifting rapidly. Um, the currency is what we can keep calling in and playing with it. And that when you drop it into my womb, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, there's, there's the currency of abundance in that. There's the currency of, um, waters of abundance down there. The Ganusa waters. The Ganusa. Yeah. I'm holding a Ganusa in my hand right now, which makes perfect oh. sense. Um, let's talk about the twin flame thing. Can we flush that out a little bit? Because sure. uh, I will just say, um, unapologetically, very loudly, I think most of the way that we perceive the twin flame relationship is toxic. Uh, we have been taught that, oh yeah, like one of them will be awake, the other one is not. You'll be chasing and the other one will be, uh, you know, unaware. So I think... And this is certainly twin flame language and understanding from a few years ago, it's inherently gross and toxic hmm. and is filled with suffering. What it appears to be from my kind of detached perspective is that when people enter those, especially 
what you're talking about when it kind of follows these like rules yep. is that spirit is is putting so much pressure on you to do your inner healing Absolutely. of the balance. Absolutely. And so they're, they're giving you an externalization of it. Like, look how polarized you are now. Yep. Like you need to find that in yourself. But when you're in relationship, then, very rarely are you able to do that because it's yeah. so um, triggering and externalized. And for me, my relationship with twin flame, um, there's so much rejection in it. There is so much hurt in it. Uh, so like I can recognize as a soul, yes, this is an internal journey, mm -hmm. uh, on the outside, uh, the madness of it coupled with my own codependency coupled with my own anxious anxiety attachment style. Twin flame was not, uh, that was, that was a, uh, it was yeah. a flame. It was a fucking torch. It was a flamethrower of a relationship that I did grow a ton and I did learn to love and we did have beautiful times together. And yet, um, because of the languaging around the twin flame dynamic, I may have put up with more than I needed to because it was a soul relation. So it, I think more importance is put on it. If we began to talk about it in the way that you just said, Michael, mm -hmm. oh, that's a very different thing. Yeah, you said earlier that uh, human design kicked up something where it's like it took your free will away. To me, the twin flame journey, there's no free will no free in will. that. No. They're saying like, oh, no, you have no choice. You have to ride this burning roller coaster <laughs> till it falls apart. Um, no, that sounds no. awful. I mean, no. and if you can use it as a lens to look within, it's beautiful. It's magnifying. It's huge. It um so what I can say of a twin flame relationship. Oh yeah, it'll speed your fucking journey up. Oh yeah, like no doubt about that. Um but mm -hmm. it's so much uh there's a lot of other dynamics that get very confused in it. And really, let's get to this place that uh we have been seeking to talk about today, which is the internal masculine and feminine, which is this journey uh within ourselves. Um, as a cancer stellium, as a uh, projector in human design, which means I don't create any of my own energy, the concepts of masculine have been very, um, I've been very resistant to, like structure and form and order. Um, so I've had to redefine my own masculine. Because if I ask it to like hold and be strong, um, that's not what my internal masculine wants to do at all. Uh, I find that my feminine is actually the strength. The masculine instead comes in and is kind of like, well, why don't we just try it? Why don't we, um, like it comes in very sunlight and very bright and very energetic. It's not so much the strong container and order of. Agreed. Some of the, the labels we've placed on these, uh, this polarization are limiting and they're not truth. They're not. True. I mean, they might be, if that's your truth, sure. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I remember when I was, when I got my Yixing book, I shared the definition of yin and yang on a call with you and a bunch of other people. And that's been really, I mean, Are I you still- share it here, please? Because it is- Yes, of course. Mind. Thank you. So um, yeah, because for me, yin and yang, it's, I've always been taught feminine and masculine and light and dark, like, you know, 
And all of these, you know, as is often the case when we try to translate a Chinese or an Eastern concept mm -hmm. into a Western vernacular, <clears throat> we kind of lose something. So if you think of a, a river and the sun is shining, the yin is the shadow created under the water mm. and the yang is the banner waving in the sun. So in that case, you can say the masculine likes to be seen, but I think it's more what you were saying earlier, which is that the masculine likes to play in the light. It likes to dance in the light. It like it does. It likes to be seen, but it's not thinking about being seen. It's, it's just responding to the warmth of the sun. Oh, that's so good. And then the yin isn't afraid to be dark. It needs to be that we need shadows. It, people keep saying that, like, uh, you know, bring your light into the shadow and brighten it. And I'm like, no, I need the shadow. We're taught to fear the dark, right? I know my mom is afraid of the dark. And so as a kid, I was like, am I supposed to be afraid of the dark? And then of course I was. I had, was picking up on all kinds of things <clears throat> that maybe were not. I, I will have a lot to say about but... shadows and shadow work. Um, as I'm getting dream school together, new mm. definitions are coming online and I'm playing with lots of things, but they dropped in yesterday a definition of shadow work where I'm like, oh, that's new paradigm, which is really lovely. I love my well, shadows and I don't I'll... seek to. Um... This is what changed it for me, Andy. Oh, good. Ready? Yep. This amongst other things, but. Mm -hmm. And we have a little piece of black tourmaline, right? So if you want to protect yourself with a, with a crystal or a gemstone, what color is that stone going to be? Black. Mm -hmm. It's going to be black. It's because the darkness protects us. That's so good. That's, we're not supposed to be afraid of it. That's the, that's the inversion. Um, I talked about it a little bit in the last, uh, podcast number 51 the bright darkness mm. that place the sweetness of in the darkness is when you rest in the darkness yeah. is where you get the best sleep in the darkness is um and I remember even as a child, I would play with that idea of like, how are we all safe to sleep at night? Like, how come that's not when the bad people go and hurt everybody is when they're sleeping? Um, because everybody needs to sleep. And so somehow that's respected in some ways. And I'm sure that's not always the case. <laughs> I am not a uh, social justice mate. Don't know any of that shit. Um, criminal justice, probably more the right word. But I think that in the shadow is where we restore. We can't restore in the light. We can't restore in the visibility. Um, there's different gifts that are available there that I think we have not even scratched the surface on yet because we've been doing this like shadow work dance for so fucking long and talking about it. Like again, externalized journey or something that needs to bring light to it. No, no, no. Even the concept of eyes I've been thinking about lately because we're so limited in how we think of what we think of as vision, right? Because we can't see in the dark. Light spectrum, yep. But there are other ways to perceive where objects are in the dark. So there is, in essence, other ways to see that don't involve light at all, right? So I don't know. 
that was coming bright darkness like i can feel forms in the dark um Mm -hmm. i can sense edges in the dark can't see it um but it it takes form in a different way is what i'm learning Mm -hmm. right now and um again i'm baby steps in this journey so i don't claim shit right now except it feels uncharted it feels exciting it feels like a source of power that is so vast. I don't even know yet. Um, we haven't talked about pranic healing. I don't know if you have any <gasps> No, let's talk about, about pranic. <laughs> but uh, spirit never likes me to talk about human design unless I talk about pranic. So it's kind of the other thing I What's do. What's pranic healing? Um, pranic healing is an energy modality that um, deals mainly with prana which is the same as chi, more Q-I chi, if we're being technical, because it does come from the Chinese medical mm. uh, tradition. Um, and then it's actually from the Philippines, the master Choa Kaksui was a Filipino. Mm. So he kind of took the Indian and he took the Chinese and kind of merged them but he was actually coming from the Philippines. So it's kind of an interesting blend of a lot of different things. In essence, it's, I say it's similar to Reiki, but the source of the energy is different. I don't know what the source of Reiki energy is because I'm not a Reiki practitioner. Um, Prana comes from the the light. So it's this sunlight that's hitting me right here, right? So we get a lot of Prana from that. Most of it comes from the air. So when we breathe, we're taking in prana from the air. I had no idea. And then if you're barefoot, you're taking in prana from the earth. So earth, sun, and air are the three places that we get it. Um, When I work on someone though, it's about the person's body is doing all the healing. So I'm not a healer. I'm a pranic. Well, pranic healing is what the modality is referred to as, but we clear, we use the the pranic energy in our hands to kind of move any sort of stagnant air areas in your energy field out of the way. And then we can call in the fresh prana to fill it. Um, So that's the difference between Reiki is there's a removal, there's a creating of space for the energy. And then after the session, you're supposed to not take a shower or a bath for up to 36 hours, <laughs> which is maybe, you know, that's extreme, but um, well, you should try not to take it for at least you know. eight. <laughs> Helpful. So, so water, yeah. So what water does is it absorbs prana. So if I charge Andy full of really positive, like great energy, and then she goes hops in the shower, the water just takes it all down the drain. Interesting. That's why, but um. And it sounds very similar to shamanic work in that way, right? Things are being moved, uh, but you're, so you're moving things with the prana and then you're also filling with the prana. Is that what you said? It's correct. And then there's like a ceiling to kind of help it stay because it'll sort of dissipate Mm. um, if you don't do that. Um, So I work with Archangels Raphael and Michael, usually when I'm working pranic. Raphael kind of helps me to kind of clear and, and understand what's going on. And then Michael helps to kind of keep everything in so that it can be absorbed. That's kind of how it energetically plays out for me. 
-hmm. And it feels lovely coupled with the human design as well. So uh, Michael does offer private sessions that should, uh, maybe I should have said that earlier, but uh, it's part of the gift that he's bringing forward in this way is like the combination of these modalities and the ability to, through the human design, through your divine-ness of how you've been built, how do we support that instead of you having a concept of like, well, I need to be this because everybody on Instagram is. Um, Sorry, I don't think you guys actually sound like that, but uh, no, there's a lot of self-judgment, I think, is what goes on and a definition of what we think we're supposed to be that when you work with your human design, you're like, I'm perfect just the way I am. Yeah. And a lot of people with human design, I feel like they just sort of latch on to the things that they already know to kind of validate the system. Oh. Um, and then there's like, an, you kind of have to take the next step if you really want to get into it. But I should kind of just mention that my, my, my business is the Lemurian Lodge. So... Uh, can we talk about the Lemurian Lodge? Yes. We talked about Priestess. Can we talk about where the, uh, the birthing of the Lemurian Lodge or the revelation of the Lemurian Mm -hmm. Lodge came from? So I had a session with you when we first met and you kind of brought Lemuria into my consciousness, the concept of that, though you don't remember that I was channeled in um, because one of my, I have a guide who's Lemurian. And what you said was that me and my guide were Lemurians together. And so now she's here supporting. And so that's unpacked with me over the years. I've read the Lemurian scrolls, uh, which is a really esoteric channeled document, I but don't not, even know it's not it. that old. It's like 15 years ago. They channeled huh. it in. Yeah, you can find it for free online. Um, so I read that. So that kind of awakened a few things. And then um, I don't, I have not remembered, I haven't remembered a past life as a Lemurian necessarily. I, I use air quotes because I've had kind of intuition about it and things like that, but I haven't really had like a like a memory of it necessarily. Yeah, they're dropping but. it in right now that uh, as Lemurians, we didn't take form and we didn't take matter in 3D as much. So when you say I didn't have a life as, you were here, but you weren't in body in order to we, have a life as. We had something that we that was a vessel, I think. But it wasn't, yeah, you're right. The word body would be incorrect. Make, yeah, it wasn't a life. That's My funny. impression is that huh. things were not dense enough on the planet at that time. Things were dense on the planet. We were not able to hold that density. My remembrance is like it took us Mm. lifetimes to be able to like hold form here because it was so fucking hard. It's so thick and it's so ugly. And like, really, who would want to come into a first and second shank? Like, no, I'll, I'll just do everything from up here. I used to draw pictures of my Lemurian self uh, back in the day and I always didn't have feet and it would look more like a picture of Casper. And I'm like, mm. why don't I have feet? And it took me um, some years to recognize it's because I wasn't in form. In yeah, the same way, so right? we, there's also some people like Lemurians became whales and became dolphins and that's how that's what's left of the Lemurians are like those mm. kinds of sea creatures. And when I kind of tap into that, it makes me remember that flying and swimming are similar. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, That's I'm what it feels gonna... like to me. 
Yeah, it, it's completely that. So, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of an yeah. activation on that for us, can we? Uh, yeah. So for you guys who are listening, let's just give some permission for Lemurian memories or Lemurian pieces to come back here and now. Uh, I don't think I've ever done this with anyone else. Uh, like, uh, Thanks. Let's. It feels juicy. You want to? Yeah, let's do it. And if you don't have a lifetime or an experience of yourself in Lemuria, ask a teacher to come forward. Ooh, thanks. And we ask you to remember in this body now, the lightness of the Lemurian frequencies and currencies. Thanks. And they're saying some of you might just go to Atlantis and think that's it. Ask to either go backwards or ask to cut off, but put a firm lock on that Atlantean because it will it's a different frequency. Remember what it feels like to be. The texture of light is different. And specific to what we're doing today, maybe ask for an experience of it that is both masculine and feminine. for whatever it is that you've gained now to bless this life, this time, this now. To inform and enhance your life and your being. And ask these frequencies to go through any part of your body that feels dense or blocked. You may feel distracted or resistant. To bring you into a higher harmony. Back to present time now, because it's the only one that matters. Um, and this would be a good place if you did receive anything to maybe just pause, make some notes. Brains forget real fast. <laughs> Ooh, that was fun. Yeah. 
Um, the Lemurian in that place is also uh, radically unremembered. Yeah, everyone seems to think it was Atlantis or that they happened at the same time. There might have been an overlap. There's a little overlap, my memory. Yeah, but it's um, we were denser then, is my impression. Um, but, um, I don't but yeah, we were here your... to, yeah, I was just going to say Lemuria was all about we were living in harmony with Gaia. That is, that feels like the, it's not like we were, per, that's just how we were. We were just part of the system and we were here paving the way. This is what the Lemurian scrolls taught me. We were anchoring frequencies onto the planet so that where we are now, we would be able to do what we need to do. Mm. It also feels to me um, the land masses weren't quite here yet either on Gaia. And so that mm. was part of what, I don't want to say that we were creating it, but we were overseeing. Um, I can mm. remember as Lemurian creating lots of plant life. I remember singing, like, not singing like we would sing, but using vibration to create life. This is it. Yeah. This is going to be before. Uh... As the sun hits my face. <laughs> As we're singing. <laughs> um, so let your own memories of Lemuria be exactly what they are. Michael and I uh, will ping off of each other in those ways. Um, and when we say ping, this is just like something ignites within us. Something uh, feels so similar or familiar to you that gives you permission to remember uh, a little differently too, because those Lemurian energies. Oh, it's funny as we move beyond 3D and third dimensional density, the Lemurian frequencies and those um, structures will be coming back online for us to access and utilize in different ways, won't they? It's almost kind of like they're playing in the background, but we can't hear them. They're supporting us. Yeah. Um, and I like this idea that instead of it needing to be galactic beings who are supporting us, these are ancient earth beings. These were ones who were here before us. Um, so it's not always us reaching out. But again, even in this very cellular organic structure of our bodies, the carbon that we are, uh, thanks, I think I, I may have told you this, Michael, but it's one of those funny theories that I heard recently that like all water is just dinosaur pee. Like it's all just been recycled over and over. So with our bodies as well, these Lemurian keys are still here supporting us and what we're able to do now and access now. Yeah, I mean, the sun and us are created from the same cloud of mm. dust. Ooh. We are literally of the same family as the sun. That's how I think of it. Oh, you want to go there? So. You want to go there? So this is the thing that I've been chewing on for a few weeks, and I'm like, I'm not. You know me, I love my raw. So uh -huh. I, don't, I don't want to talk to Michael about it until we get here. But um, in meditation the other day, the thing that dropped in. Ascension is for the men. It's not for the women. Women already know how to be it. Ascension is for the masculine because the female body is the original body. The male body is the aberration. And if we play with every 
not every religion, but many of the world religions, it's always the sun. It's always the sun. It's always the sun. It's the journey of the masculine that needs to evolve and ascend. And to me, uh, Michael, play with me. This is the fucking goal of ascension. Women, we don't need it. We know how to do it in some ways. We're here to uh, ensure that the masculine gets there. The sun becomes the sun again. Actually, I love that. I haven't thought about it that way before. But you're right. All of our, and I don't know, we've been living in patriarchy, so maybe it's easier to listen to male or was male authority figures. But yes, like Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all of those. Horus, you're right. the holy son. It's always the Horus, boy. The master. Yeah, it's always the boy. That is on the journey of awakening. And, the, and I mean, in the Egyptian, you and I know that is very purposeful um they don't give birth to a girl to um evolve and become divine because we already hold it within our wombs within our frequencies we already know how to tap into divinity um and in this way i got really excited as i was playing with this because like yes it's sacred masculine within um and eventually when i do get to be in partnership again I'm happy to help the masculine mm. evolve and heal and see and witness. Um, not that I'm going to be fixing, but mm -hmm. I think that it gets to be this beautiful gift of the feminine to forgive and love the toxic masculinity as it's been here in order to like yeah. really evolve and move this thing forward. And, you know, that makes me think of Osiris, of course, right? And for me, the Osiris mystery happens within ourselves and it's about that sacred union and it's about how the masculine sometimes has to be deconstructed or chopped into 14 pieces, right? And then it's almost like we have to let it go. We have to just let go of all of our concepts of it because we've had such deep, deep conditioning about what that means. And then as it comes back into the womb space, regardless of how, who you are physically, um, we're able to birth the sacred masculine. In womb awakening, the way they will talk about it is there is the earth womb that we will all mm -hmm. die to. If you can die awake to the earth womb, you will be given access to the cosmic womb, which is the true divine womb. But most of us will get caught in this pattern and in this cycle of earthly incarnations and of forgetting that there's another womb or another plane available. And as you were talking about Osiris and this deconstructing, wow, isn't that exactly what's going on, on our planet right now? And especially as we might watch this situation with Ukraine and Russia, um, this is a masculine and toxic masculine battle. That's, um, what the fuck is that thing? Um, that is, there are, um, and I don't mean to get political with it, but the deconstructing that is going on, absolutely necessary. And when Osiris puts his body back together, he chooses to embody and radiate at a higher frequency. Um, for Osiris, he became green afterwards. So we might also look at that green as being a heart shanka, heart chakra. Came back as my, my Moldavite friend over here. Your Moldavite friend um, the green <laughs> behind you, the green on your shirt, like all yeah. of that. Um, would you remind me the thing that you heard about Moldavite too, just because it came up right now? Right? Huh? Oh, so um, I was doing a little research and um, there's a theory that the Holy Grail is just a piece of Moldavite because when you, it's something about the word Grail, like mm. when you look at the, the etymology of it. 
um, it means stone. And like, I'm not an etymologist, so it's very mental, but that was kind of the idea, right? And then um, it's been referred to in other places as a, there's references to like an emerald as well. Ooh, okay. The but then they say like, Everything was called emerald back then. Yes, and so the green, the tablets uh, of Thoth, they say that was probably moldavite, not emerald, as we think of emerald now. Um, and I'll just give a qualification here for moldavite. Uh, not ideal for every individual. If you run out after this, um, you know, be cautious with how you use it. I happen to have one next to my bed that never seems to bother me, but it might uh, really fuck with others. And we're just gonna say, mm -hmm. I think Michael and I can agree, cut moldavite like a fuck yourself. Cutting up stones. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we had some tears over a video that we saw of like somebody like cutting and shaving down moldavite. I'm like, <laughs> um, there's something about- That's literally that. what I was doing watching it too. Um, moldavite because it is from the cosmos like to cut that up in any way like that feels to me like a very toxic masculine act whenever you want to like make it pretty because you want it shaped like this so quite literally there was a giant meteor that hit the earth and it was it made the ground so hot that it liquefied it and then it shot into the air and so it rained moldavite so that's another reason why the the idea of a grail is that it was liquefied because it's technically a glass. So, so that's the other idea is that it was liquid. At but can some I also play well. with like that thing of like the glass falling from the sky? It feels to me like uh, our mayor at Sefsa when that fire mist of Hathor begins yes. to come up through our bodies and then rain down. Um, the Monat, I'll just drop this in because I'm, I'm getting ready for another container with us. Uh, the Monat is the word for the perfections, which is the rain droplets that come down from the sky. The Monat. It's perfect. It's perfect. The perfections that come down. Um, so let's just recognize Moldavite in its raw form is perfect, bitches. Um, although I did see some hearts the other day that were really like, look, I, I was about to send it to you, Michael, because I'm like, oh my God, aren't they pretty? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. um, and sorry, you guys, I still do have judgment in this body and in this system. So, uh, cutting crystals, uh, even though I have some still, uh, I will judge a little bit in this body and with this discrimination. Thank you. It's, uh. It's integrating this new masculine energy. Mm, so the reason I've, um, one of the things that's been coming up about having these two consciousnesses, and I was trying to describe this to you and I realized I didn't really have good words for it. So I've been thinking about it. So like when someone used to say to me, cause I went through acting school, I, you know, I've taken a lot of meditation, things like that. Um, sorry, I think the cat's trying to get in here. Um, <laughs> right. Time. And so people would say like, uh, you know, sit up straight. And so immediately I get mental and I say, mm. oh God, I'm out of alignment or uh, what's going on. And so then I start contorting myself. So what I actually end up doing is making myself more out of alignment mm. is how it's been feeling. And, um, as I'm trying to like relinquish control to Cleopatra, <laughs> let her 
take the reins, right? Um, I've noticed that I'm, when I say like, all right, am I sitting up straight? I just kind of notice where I'm, where I am. And there's not, I'm not resisting. Mm. And when I don't resist, I don't put tension in my body. So there's this new thing that's I'm starting to feel. And it's just, it's just what being embodied means. That's it. Um, what I've recognized with the masculine, the masculine goes through the mental and filters it all. Mm. And when you just said feel, uh, my sense is the masculine's initiation is through the heart. The woman's mm. initiation is through the womb. This is the way that we will move forward. Uh, and then the mental becomes uh, the crown that allows like different layers of consciousness to come in and opens in new ways. Uh, so the idea. That's so funny. Um, the training that we have all had in this world, that the mental is the most important, that the letters after your name, that your schooling and education is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. This is part of what's being radically dismantled now as well, because I don't give a fuck what you think anymore. And the thinking, uh, thank you, your brain has been, so, your brain, my brain, all brains, this is not personal, uh, is so fucking contaminated with like thought and other, and it's so, like, you can't trust your mm -hmm. thoughts. There's no. way too much programming in this world. You cannot trust thoughts. You're not supposed to. It's just information. Mm, that's good. And logic, like logic is only going to keep you uh, in somebody else's matrix and web. Sure. It's a tool. It's not a way to live. Certainly not um, intuition or a guide or, you know, it's not coming from that place. No, we get uh, radically new ways for um, people who are for our beautiful friends who are listening today. Mm -hmm. What tips would you give for uh, getting in touch with your masculine or feminine or with the uh, with mm. your own polarity? What's the way? Yeah. In? Mm -hmm. Well, I, th I mean, meditation, I don't want to just say meditation that feels a little bit like a cop out, but uh, it's it's more of a thought. It's more of a mindfulness because for me, I I don't really get a I don't get a revelation about masculine or feminine when I'm meditating. It's more like a, mm, I think about the larger concepts and things like that when I'm meditating. So I might I might get like something to think about or something like that, but um, I notice these things as they come up. So. I mean, for me, it's like, I've been having a big one around, I, I'm going to say, I, I want to say holding space, but I, I have, sometimes I feel weird about that phrasing, but um, what I've noticed is when I'm around other people, um, I create a safe space to hear stories. This is how it's come to me recently, right? So what used to happen is that my mental would say like, oh, that happened to me too. Okay, we have to tell them that. Or I would start making a like a bullet point list as someone was talking. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to say when I'm done, when it's my turn, all this other stuff. And what I've noticed is now that I'm like paying attention to these things is that I'm actually not meant to share most of the time. Uh, there are totally opportunities for me to share, but it's usually not about the same types of things. Mm. It's been interesting. So that was a big 
this duality, this polarity for me, because I'm like, oh, I'm a receiver. So that's a more feminine. Um, so I'm like, most of the time I'm meant to be a receiver. And then when I turn around and I transmit, it's an opportunities like this. Oh, those right? are really good words for the polarity of it though, too, receiving and transmitting. Thanks. I get those from human design, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what I will uh, offer is that I know whenever I'm in my patterns, that's usually my feminine. My places of comfort, mm. seeking comfort, my places of uh, routine and pattern. And so I invite in my playful masculine to like be brave. I invite mm -hmm. in the other side of me that uh, like normal, like stoner cancer over here, like I'll just hide in a little ball. And whenever I don't mm -hmm. want to hide, I need to uh, ask my masculine to take the lead a little bit mm -hmm. because I know what my tendency, my natural tendencies um, in my feminine nature is to stay in shadow. And it's not how I'm built. So um, um, part of the dance I'm doing with masculine and feminine. For before, sure. while I'm remembering this, can you just quickly flash Ashleen's beautiful artwork I one can. more time? Um, it makes quickly. me a little bit vulnerable because it feels like then people know what my um, chart is. Um, I literally just want to see one thing. Okay, you put it away. That was it. Uh, so I just wanted to, to say to you mm -hmm. that you said earlier you don't have, uh, you don't create energy. Am I wrong? You don't create sacral energy, but you, you do have one motor center, which is your root. Oh, hey. So Does that make just me dropping that goddess that I am over here. Is that what's going on with that? Um, oh, you don't need to have an activated sacral to be a sexual goddess. Uh, no, but what does the, what does having the root mean? Um, there are four motor centers of the nine. Four okay. of them are motors. So they create energy and the root is one of those. It's just not that sustainable generator energy that is in the sacral center how can i use that energy better then so the root energy is actually i'm gonna i'm gonna say a triggery word it's it's stress energy okay but it's not stress in terms of good or bad stress it's just stress so it's it's what it's what makes you mm. get out of bed and feed the cat it's primal it's primal yeah it's uh it's adrenaline and it's stress but it's like i said it's it's, it's a good stress because it's like the cat needs to get fed. Yeah. So there's that it's pressure to get out oriented. and do it. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a pressure to do. Yep. I see that. Because it's also that. a pressure center. So it's a pressure center and a motor center. It's a pressure to do. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. well, that'll, that'll be a new one to learn. Thanks. Uh, the three Throw five, that in there. I've been asking you guys about recently because that's come up a few places. Um, yeah. Human design. It's infinitely yeah. uh, gorgeous and interesting. And Michael. Yes. And we could do a whole series of episodes series. about it. Whole series. <laughs> uh, when people are ready to find you to be able to work with you, how can they find you? The Lemurian Lodge. And that's LemuriansLodge.com. And then I'm on Insta and Facebook. And, and can we talk about your Woogles, please? <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. Thank you so much. That's what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, no, I love the so, Google. Uh, and I yeah. don't, yeah, please. So I, I do have to give a shout out to Jessica Di Natale, who is the one who created Google and is a good friend of mine. And um, that's just been a really awesome friendship, uh, a new friendship for me for the past six months. So, yeah, so she created Google, which is a community on Facebook right now. Um, I, I think there are, there's plans to expand it. So uh, the big dream of Woogle is that there's a place for anything woo or spiritual or whatever kind of word you 
align with, but that's where the name comes from is Woo. So Woogle, it's a place for you to go for anything that you would consider Woo. So if, if you wanted pranic healing, you could go there and type pranic healing and like I would come up database. as a resource. Nice. So it's the idea is that there's a database and that there would also be some sort of physical place where you could go and experience all of these things too. So it wouldn't only be an online resource. It would be a physical Google. resource. What a good, yeah, way, way to claim yeah. that. Um, and you do weekly readings? So yes. Yeah, so on Tuesdays, Eastern time at 10 a.m., I do a astrology, human design forecast. And then I try to do a little piece about, I'm doing, I did astrology first for a month. Um, but I, human design is really my, I like been learning doing the gates and I didn't that. know days had gates. And so I've been fascinated just watching that a little bit. Yeah. So the astrology wheel that we all know is also broken down into the gates and human design. So you can watch the planets go through the gates as well as the signs and things in human design. So I, uh, I like to talk about what, what gate the sun is in because in human design, the sun has importance because of something called neutrinos not to like drop in some science here but it's not just ancient stuff they incorporate modern science too so neutrinos are where they move through bodies so they move through the sun and then they they go through our bodies i forget how many a second or whatever but they're just constantly they're so small they pass right through the earth all the planets us so 70 percent of them come from the sun so what the sun is doing is very influential. And getting into that sun, not through filter, not through screens, not through windows, um, mm -hmm. being able to attune to those frequencies of the sun is also going to support you wherever you're at, whatever the hell's going on. Um, I know that I certainly get seasonal affective disorder pretty severely. <laughs> I only learn yeah. it more and more um, as time goes on. I'm like, oh yeah, my, I'm much better. My poor sunshine. Brazilian husband mm -hmm. really got seasonal affectation this year. It's been really tough to watch that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brazilian. He's been here a few years and yeah, I think it's yeah. taken. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, his, his storehouse is depleted now of sunshine. Home. Yeah. Um, mm. And we, I, I would like to also just recognize before we close out here today, Michael, you have found community in the least expected of places. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's going to be coming online for lots of us and lots of you. So um, in whatever ways you might be feeling isolated or alone, uh, let don't hide, please. We're here. Uh, more of us are waking up every day. There's millions of us um, who love you and see you and have great compassion because we've been where you are. Um, let us love you and the communities are coming, um, especially in this year of 2022. Um, there's union with all of this. This is the goal. Um, unity consciousness, which still feels tricky. This is the goal. Um, so Michael, thanks for being here. And uh, you guys, I love you. Thanks for being here. I don't know that I ever just know how to say Michael Maddie without saying Michael Maddie, <laughs> clearly, uh, it all comes together. And in that Michael Maddie, um, I've got the double M's in my name as well. It's these Magdalene frequencies. So that might have come up for you today as well. It would, you're working with priestesses. You probably have priestess codes and frequencies within you as well. Allow this to be an opening into deeper places of you. 
And if we can support you, hey, Dream School, I'm sure uh, you have heard about Dream School. I hope that you will. We'll be launching on April 2nd will be our opening ceremony. It's the biggest container I've done to date. And we've only got a limited number of spots available. But if you are ready to bring heaven to earth and step in to your knowingness and to the embodiment of your divinity in a different way, this is the place you want to be. We'll have a juicy container and a thriving community of people like Michael, of people like others you've seen on this podcast to participate with us. So, ah, oh, be so sweet to you. Be tender in these places of expansion and pain and grief because it will all come up. It's not your job to solve all of it. It's your gift to feel it and to bring it back to love. I'll see you next time, honey. <laughs>